Welcome to our episode of Take the Points. This is our March Madness special. Um, we're kind of relaunching under our new network, and uh, we're really excited to be back. Uh, I'm obviously going to be here with Kendall today, and uh, we're going to fill out a bracket for you guys, and we're also going to look at a couple of first-round matchups that we can get uh, for spreads uh, that we're going to put money on uh, this week. Bottom line is you got daytime basketball Thursday and Friday this week, uh, pretty much all day. I'm pretty stoked because I have YouTube TV, Kindle, and they just announced that there's going to be a multi-view option uh, for these so I can watch games on like i can have like four different games at once so i'm pretty stoked about that i'm going to try it out tomorrow uh it's in like the beta stages or whatever so i had to contact their like support thing to get on the list but uh my account got granted access so i'm going to test that tomorrow after i get back from a doctor's appointment um but we are going to pull up a bracket uh kindle I know we've talked, and both of our individual brackets are all over the place, dude. It's crazy. So um, are you feeling any any better today as we start this, or are we still just kind of going in blind? Because I'm still kind of going in blind, if I'm honest. I think I've changed my Final Four at least five or six times. Like, just at one That's point, bad. I think I had all Big 12 teams, and now I have, like, I tried to even it out a little bit, but it still doesn't look very good. But, you know, that's what March is, so. <laughs> it's going to be it's... rough, dude. I And I don't know. I know you still have a team in this in Iowa. But for me, I was I was watching the uh, I was watching the Mississippi State pit game last night. And uh, I f- almost forgot what it's like. Well, b- prior to this year, I almost had forgotten what it's like to uh watch basketball without like any sort of emotional like hedge in this uh in this in the thing it's so crazy because you can just watch it and enjoy the games you know you don't have to sit there and be like oh like i'm just dreading this game or whatever which is what it has been for me for the or for all both all of us for the last you know few years well tech never made it easy like the last couple years even when we made runs like they never made it easy to like watch the games without any stress free. Oh. Uh, the one, the opening round game last year. Yeah, Montana State. That yeah. one was that one was that the one best stress free. But yeah, that was the best game. That was the best. Uh, I think tournament game I've ever watched. It was kind of like easy. Maybe the final four year with like Buffalo and Michigan, but the Michigan game was the ugliest game I've ever watched. Yeah. So they didn't want to play ugly ball. No. All right, I'm going to go ahead and pull up this bracket here. Um, We're just going to go, we're just going to fill out this bracket as we go. Um, We're kind of going to dive into each one. Um, As we're watching this, Tech is playing uh, UTA in baseball, and we just hit a grand slam. So that's pretty sweet. Anyway, we'll get into it, and um, first off, we'll go to, uh, it's going to be the south region here. Uh, we're going to start on the left over here. Um, 
Alabama and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, I'm going to guess that we're going to just unanimously just front Bama through this. Yeah, that's uh... a, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't expect a, um, I don't expect a, a Virginia type situation uh, this year. I'm not expecting yeah. any. But I guess yeah. we really weren't ex- we really weren't expecting Virginia to lose either when that happened. So the Islanders have kind of been like my cash cow the past couple weeks. I love that. The, like two and a half point spreads they've had for the past couple weeks. But yeah, I don't really have any faith that they're going to even be able to keep this game remotely close. <laughs> okay, so um, the next one I'm actually extremely interested in. And I was going to put money on this, and I was going to tell you about this before we got on, and I forgot until just now. I was kind of leaning West Virginia, but now that I saw the, um, now that I saw, you know, that they're kind of favored, they're like up almost to three points favor, uh, almost a three point favorite now. Um, I don't personally know a whole lot about Maryland. Do you? Yeah. So Maryland, they were probably. Like, when they were playing at home this year, they were probably the second-best team in the Big Ten to me. Like, when they played at home, they were, like, unstoppable. Like, they couldn't – like, they made shots. They defended at a high rate. But it was when they got away from home, whether it was neutral site or just on the road outright, they – I don't know what it is, but their shooting numbers just plummeted. And that's a lot of teams in the Big Ten this year, like, a lot of them were great at home, but when they were away from home, no matter what the circumstance was, like all the teams really took a pretty big plummet outside of basically Purdue. So I personally have West Virginia in this game just because I think that Huggins and his style is really going to bother Maryland's guards. Um, and Eric Stevenson is like playing at another level right now. We saw that in the tournament game. In Kansas City against Tech, like he, he's just kind of a flamethrower right now, and I dig it. I dig yeah, it. I don't want to bet against that hot hand, honestly. Yeah, I, I when it comes to toss ups for me, especially uh, to come tournament time, I always tend. I guess it's the bias uh, for me, at least. I just always tend to lean more towards the Big Twelve, just because they are just so battle tested every week and so it kind of just like makes me feel like they're going to be more battle tested when it comes to the tournament i don't know if that's something that you you know kind of experience also to me it's like defense travels yeah that's that's a good way to put it 12 i kind of forgot what that's like this from this year but yeah and I, get I mean, saying. realistically, the worst defensive team statistically in the Big 12 was actually Baylor, but even their defense, it, I still take their defensive system over majority teams in the tournament. Right. Okay, let's keep going. Um, we're at San Diego State in, in Charleston, and I will tell you this. I'll be honest, in all of my personal brackets, I had Charleston beating San Diego State in this one. I feel like this is going to be a real tough matchup for the Aztecs. And I think, like you kind of mentioned, uh, a big part of this for me is riding the hot hand. And I think Charleston is, uh, as College of Charleston, uh, is just super hot right now. Yeah, I've been 50-50 on this game because, like, Charleston is super hot, but also this is the most contrasting 
styles in college basketball. You have San Diego State, who straight up just wants to slow it down. They want to defend. They want to keep this game around the 50s and 60s. But Charleston, if you let them, they, they want to go put up 100. So it's going to be a matter of who's getting the shots. Uh, I personally have no doubt that um, that San Diego State can pull this off, but I also think that part of me just thinks that um, Charleston is going to pull it off, so I'm going to ride with you. I think that Charleston is going to pull off the upset in here, and I think that's kind of just where I'm sitting with it. I dig it. Okay, next we have Virginia and Furman. Virginia – uh, made the ACC tournament final and lost to Duke. Um, I'll be honest, I pretty much only watched one Virginia game, and it was that ACC final against Duke. Um, Furman, for me, I know, um, I believe, I'm pretty sure, I guess they won their conference tournament, and so that's how they got in. Um I don't know much about Furman other than that. So it seems like a lot of people just kind of around media right now are on Furman to poss- to pull off this upset. I don't see it. Um, I think Tony Bennett, ever since that UMBC game, he has had his teams ready for the first round like consistently. And um, especially after how much they got kind of clowned for that in the national media. So I personally think Virginia with their defense, like they still have that pack line defense that made them national champions and made them, you know, basically for the last decade, they've been right at the top of the college basketball world. Um, I think Virginia is going to win it. It could be close, but I just think they have more talent more and they're old. So I think that's ultimately what's going to get them past this first round. Cool, I like that. Um, let's move on to Creighton and NC State. Creighton, a team that Tech played earlier this season out in Maui. Um, Creighton just absolutely um, just destroyed Tech out in Maui. Um, they looked good, but you know they've kind of had some injury issues on this team this year. Calc Brenner missed some time. Um, you know, NC State, um, some people thought that they would be a little bit of a higher seed. Kendall, I don't know if you felt that way about them, but... Uh, they were one of those teams that was, like, on the bubble for a while, but they they kind of worked, worked their way off of it a little bit. I figured that they would come in as more as a 10 seed than an 11, but ultimately Creighton, you know, like you said, early in the year especially that first part of Big East play, they dealt with a lot of injuries and they kind of went on a losing streak. But this last half of the year, they got things back going, looking like the team that everyone thought they were. And really a six seed, they, they are more realistically like a two, three seed when if they're fully healthy for the entire year. So I think Creighton's going to win this game with no issues. I agree. Um Moving on, uh, another Big 12 foe, uh, Baylor and UC Santa Barbara. We're all, um, you know, we're all very familiar with Baylor's game. Uh, we know that the that the offense that they have, their defense is a little sus at times, but most of the time their offense uh, makes up for it and covers them up. 
I will say this going into this game, the, uh, the this Baylor team really um, it, it bothers me, and and it bothers me for the reason that um, when this team uh, when they get going, they're really good, right? Like they're one of the better teams probably in the tournament, and when they're hitting on all cylinders, when that when that Baylor transition game gets going and they're picking and popping from three, good luck. But um, it, the thing that bothers me is when they're not shooting. When they're cold, uh, oh, they're 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 ice. really they're really kind of bad. So um, this is kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde Baylor team for me. Um, I could see Baylor losing. I, I mean, it all just depends. Like, I, if you really want to be, if I really want me to be honest, I could sit here and say, you know, if Baylor gets on a cold streak for an extended period of time in this UCSB game, they might, they might bite the dust early in this one. Um, they might, they might stay hot in this one and advance to play Creighton, you know? Um, what are you thinking on this? So, I mean, Baylor as bad as they've been at times this year, like they've been very inconsistent, but three of their, what, nine losses, I believe, are to the exact same team in Iowa State. And I think Baylor's going to benefit greatly from just playing teams that don't have film on them and don't haven't already played them. So I think they're going to get past this first round. And if we're being real, Baylor, when making shots, can be anyone in the country by double digits. Like, yeah, I agree. That's the one thing. And to me, there's always that one team – when March hits that just starts hitting all of their shots as soon as they get into this tournament. And I think that very well could be Baylor. And I think we could see them go on a very similar run to like Auburn in 2019, where they're just kind of hitting a ton of shots. And I personally think that Baylor has one of, if not the best player in the tournament in Keontae George, when you're just looking at pure raw skill. Um, I think he has some of the best handles and when his shot is on, like he, we saw it against tech both times. Mm -hmm. He was on fire against us in both games. He is like next to unstoppable when he starts to find his shot. And I think that's, what's going to make them so dangerous. I will say I'm going to be extremely, uh, extremely uh, happy when uh, he goes to the NBA, which I mean, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. So It'll be pretty nice. Um, let's keep it going. Missouri and Utah State. Um, I know Missouri had a run in the SEC um, for a couple weeks. I think they were pretty hot. You know, they they they. I think they knocked off uh, Tennessee, and that was before Tennessee lost uh, Ziegler too. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think they knocked off Arkansas too. Um, Arkansas is obviously not as good as they have been in past years this year, but um, I know that Missouri, when they're hot, they're pretty good too. I don't know much about Utah State though. I mean, Utah State's really the same team that Tech saw a couple years ago in the COVID tournament. Like they, they're going to try to slow the pace down. They want to defend, but the thing is, I just think Mizzou, they have some really good athletes on their team and they have a couple scorers that can very easily score 30 if they want to. So I think as much as I hate kind of it seems like we're kind of going chalk in this side of the bracket outside of Charleston. But, I mean, Mizzou, 
to me, they're underseeded as a seven seed. Like they very easily could be a five or a six. So I'm going to take Mizzou in this game. I do think Utah State's got a good squad this year, but um, I think Mizzou's going to get them. All right. Um, I don't think we need to really delve into it big no. time here. <laughs> uh, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I, I yeah. think Arizona, Tommy Lloyd, and all of them are going to, you know, take care of business against Princeton uh, yes, for this sir. one. Um, we're what we're going to do here. We're going to pick up to the Sweet 16 in each region, and then we're going to hit other regions. So, um, Alabama, West Virginia. Um, don't get me wrong. I like uh, I like the Bob Huggins style of play where you can just body the hell out of them. Um, but I, I just think Alabama's a little bit too talented. Uh, to, when West Virginia, to... like, I don't know. I'm kind of in the same thought process there. But at the same time, Bama has had a few games this year where they've just gone absolutely cold and they've kind of escaped against some mediocre teams like Auburn, Mizzou. Hell, they lost to Texas A&M because of it. Um, did they lose to Oklahoma in the Big 12 SEC Challenge? They didn't just lose to Oklahoma. No, I was going to say, they got, they got throttled. I, I, always, I couldn't remember if it was Arkansas or if it was Alabama. They got. They, I know whoever played. I know whoever played OU got bodied by like twenty five points. Yeah, and like, see, that's the thing. That's the worst team in the Big Twelve. Like, they yes. were the worst team in the Big Twelve this year, and mm-hmm. they ran Bama and West Virginia. I'm gonna tell you, they are significantly better than what Oklahoma is, and I think West Virginia, basically on all statistics, like they're a top twenty five team in the net. They, like. Just the advanced statistics show that they're not a nine seed. They they very easily could be a top five seed. It's just they're in the Big Twelve. Here's my so, question to you on this though: that where I get a little iffy. If Bama can take care of Eric Stevenson, where does West Virginia go? See, in past games this year, there's been a couple different places they've went. Um, the more common one is actually one of their guys off the bench, and Joe Toussaint. He's a transfer from Iowa. Um, he isn't necessarily like a flashy guy, but he he gets to the free throw line. It's what he did against Tech. I'm pretty sure he shot like 15 free throws in the first game against Tech when shots weren't falling for Stevens, and that game was ugly. But he did the same thing against Iowa State too. He got to the line a ton when they played at Hilton, and that's what won in the game. West Virginia knows how to win ugly. They know how to win by making shots. So I think they're going to give Bama a test. I do think Bama's going to escape this one and get to the Sweet 16. But I won't be shocked at all if West Virginia beats them. All right. So we'll give a preliminary pass to Bama here, but they're on notice right here. Um, College of Charleston and Virginia. Again, um, I like what you had to say earlier about Tony Bennett, uh, you know, having his guys up to play these games after they got embarrassed a couple years ago. I think that that was, I don't know if we'll ever see another 16 beat a number, another number one, but um, that was just a wild game. And I think that, um, I think that in this one, uh, I, I do you think he still has them up? I think he does. I think that they kind of get to get to the next weekend. Um, 
I think Charleston is going to – Virginia and San Diego State are very similar teams, um, the way they like to slow down the game. I think that Charleston will escape San Diego State by trying to speed up the tempo, but I don't think they're going to speed up Virginia. They're just a veteran team. You know, Kihei Clark, who was on that national championship team, pretty sure he was like a sophomore that year. He's still at Virginia. Um, they have that senior leadership. I think Virginia is going to advance to the Sweet 16. And uh, that that Virginia-Bama game potentially, like that has a real good potential to be one of the best games of the tournament. I like that. And I think that um, – I think that – that could be one of the better games, if not the best game of the Sweet 16, uh, just depending on um, how we would get to these other sides of the bracket. Um, Creighton and Baylor, um, I'll be honest with you. I think that this is th- that Creighton matches up really well against him. Yeah, I, I've been back. This is one of the games that I've been so back and forth on because – Here's the thing. Both teams are going to get out in transition. but Neither right. team is great defensively. But to me, I think the reason I give an edge to Baylor is their guard play. Because everyone knows guard play wins in March. Because right. if neither of these teams are hitting shots, like if Creighton's not hitting shots, they become very one-dimensional. If Baylor's not hitting shots, they at least have guys that can get into the lane and create open shots even off their bench they do so that's personally why i have baylor i can definitely see the argument for creighton because you know if either of these teams get hot they can beat anyone in the country handily so that's why i'm just so kind of stuck on this game because i think that you know they're both just elite teams and the fact that we have to watch this game in the round of 32 when you could be watching it in the Elite Eight is just – it's kind of stupid to me. But Yeah, I, I think that for me, if this matchup, it, it does happen. I kind of just want both teams to get white hot and yeah. just have a – That could just, be a triple digit. <laughs> yeah, it could be, it could be you know, 105 to 102, you know, very easily. I just think that that's – um, that could be one of the best offensive games of this tournament period. So we'll go ahead and give get Baylor in here. Um, how do you feel about Missouri and Arizona? So I actually have Mizzou pulling off the upset in this, and it's not because of anything with Arizona particularly. I think that it's more so because Mizzou – they play in the tougher conference and they've been seeing teams like Arizona. Like they've played Bama twice. I think they played Tennessee and beat them twice. Like they're battle tested. They beat Iowa state pretty handily in the big 12 sec challenge. So it's like, I think Arizona, the thing that's going to nip them this year is the PAC 12 sucked. Like they sucked this year. They have, what four teams in the tournament and one of them's in the first four like the only like surefire teams that were making the tournament this season were ucla and arizona and it's not a knock on arizona but it just to me that's gonna hurt them i think not having like a guy like they had last year in benedict matherin 
like you don't have like a superstar type player on this Arizona team. And that's why I think Mizzou is going to get them just because I don't think Arizona has that go-to. They have a couple guys that are, they have Kirk Krissa or they have Tubelis, but to me, they just aren't as talented as last year and talent won't be able to bail them out like it did last year in the second round against TCU. So I think Mizzou's going to get Arizona in this game. I'll tell you this, Kendall. If there's anything in this tournament, I will be it. It is an agent of chaos. I'm rooting for just utter chaos, and so I I love that pick. So we'll go ahead and do that. Um, let's jump over to the Midwest. Um, obviously, I'm going to say that um, Houston won't have any problem there. No. Um, <laughs> now. This is a game that is going to be tough for Iowa, Kendall. I'll, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Uh, this is a game in Alabama, in Birmingham. Um, you know, this this game is going to be at, at, after the uh, Alabama game, so maybe you might get some help with some Alabama fans staying and just rooting against Auburn here. Um, but this is going to be tough. This is going to be a tough game. Yeah, my thought process on this is Auburn, like, they have been so inconsistent this year. Like, I think they led Bama on the road by 20 and blew that game. They haven't been able to close games. They've led the majority of their games going into the second half, and they've just blown it. And, see, Iowa, they – the one thing that kind of has nipped them this year, they very easily could have been a much higher seed, but they just lost stupid games. But the one thing I want to throw out there is this. Iowa, it's really funny, actually. Every single team outside of Purdue that was ahead of Iowa in the Big Ten standings, Iowa beat. They lost to the bottom half of the Big Twelve or the Big Ten. They lost to Nebraska. They lost at Penn State. They lost both games against Wisconsin. Like, for some reason, when they played worse teams, they just played down to their competition. But I think that this is a game that if Iowa gets hot, I think they could run away with it because of the pace that they play. And Bruce Pearl, he used to have his teams running up and down the court and pressing at will, but he's kind of changed his style because his style doesn't fit the guys he has anymore. And... You know, like you said, Auburn's going to have the home court advantage. They're going to have probably the athleticism advantage. But, you know, Iowa just for some reason plays much better against really good defensive teams. Uh, Just a couple examples. They beat um, Iowa State. They beat them by 20. Uh, They beat Rutgers. They thrashed them twice. They beat Indiana. They kicked the shit out of them in Assembly Hall. And I think ultimately that's going to pay pay off for Iowa, and I do think they come out with this game, but it's a toss up, really. I'll go with Iowa, and just because I want to. Um, Miami and Drake. Um, I've heard some rumblings about this being kind of a a trap game for Miami. Um, I definitely don't think that they anticipated a five seed when they paid all that money for all these transfers in the off season. Um, I really don't think they anticipated a five seed. I think they were going to kind of anticipate, you know, a two or three, maybe three at the lowest, but here they are sitting at a five. 
against a kind of dangerous Drake team, if we want to be honest. Drake, I mean, they killed a really good Bradley team in the Missouri Valley Championship. Like, they, it was never, they didn't play a close game in that conference tournament. And they, if you remember a couple years ago, they snuck into the tournament as an at large team. They just got matched up against Evan Mobley and USC. So they really never had much of a chance. But this is a game I think they match up well. Um, And I just think being a five seed this year is kind of a death sentence. All of these 12 seeds are like sweet 16 good. Like, and Drake is no different. I do think Miami matches up pretty horribly because Drake has big athletic guards that can shoot over the guys like Nigel Pack that they have, Isaiah Wong. Like, I think that um, ultimately, I think Drake does match up really well. And I do think they come away with the victory just because, you know, Miami, they got, they lost to Duke in the ACC tournament. And they just haven't had any games to me this year that it's just like, wow. Like, they, they yeah. have stood out. Like, they're just kind of there. For sure. So, All right. Kent State, Indiana. Um, first team All-American, Trace Jackson Davis or Davis Jackson. I can never remember what it is. Um, and Kent State. Um, you know, do, do you feel like this is a – you know, kind of a a no-doubter for Indiana, or do you feel like there's actually some doubt here that Kent State might make it close at least? There's a lot of people that are picking Kent State in this game. I personally think that just the way Indiana's uh, Big Ten tournament ended, I think that they're going to come out with a little bit of an edge. Um, Indiana is one of those teams that I think they're really good defensively, but they just go really cold from the field at times. But I think what kind of pushes them over the edge is having an all American like Trace Jackson Davis. I think that he is, uh, he's, there's a lot of people that kind of give him some crap, but he's really strong down low. Um, he, he's kind of like almost like a Ben Simmons type player, like the type of guy that Ben Simmons was in college where, He's just really good at distributing. He's really strong down low. He can do just a lot of the small things that contribute to winning. And I personally think that that's why they're going to win this game and possibly more in the tournament. All right. Pitt won on a Jamarius Burton game winner last night against Mississippi State in the first four. Um, They are rewarded with a – date against the Cyclones. Um, needless to say, Jamarius Burton will be familiar with them. I'm pretty sure he played against Iowa State once when he was at Wichita State also uh, before he transferred to Tech. So um, I was a big, big, big fan of Jamarius Burton when he played for Tech. Um, I thought that he was going to be a huge get. And... Um, well, they, to be quite honest, I, I think that Chris Beard pissed his talent away and just sat him on the bench, which was stupid. I, I think that he should have been out on the floor a lot more than he was. Regardless, how do you feel about uh, this matchup, Kendall? Iowa State, um, Iowa State, did they, they won, 
they beat, beat Baylor they beat Baylor in the tur- in the in the tournament, right? Yeah, I was gonna say they yeah. beat Baylor, but then they lost to uh, they, they lost to Kansas. They, they, say, they, they, they ended up playing. Yeah, they ended up playing Kansas. That's right. So yeah, um, I think Iowa State's very similar to Mississippi State, except much better offensively. And I think that's going to be what kills Pitt. Is Pitt is a re- they are an elite offensive team, quite frankly, but they are probably the worst defensive team that Iowa State's seen all season, and that includes an Iowa team that is awful defensively. Like I think that Iowa State, when they get hot, they're dangerous. Like when they get hot from the perimeter, and they don't have Caleb Grill. I was going to say, is that even without Grill now? Like without Grill. It's a little less, but, you know, they've had guys step up since Grill has went out. Um, hell, I'm pretty sure T- TJ against Kansas, he literally played everyone on his roster, including the walk-on that used to be a quarterback at Kansas. They threw him out there, and not just, like, at the end of the game. They put him in there in the middle of the game, and TJ's just kind of winging it. And... It's working because they beat Baylor twice in a week. Like, that's not easy to do whatsoever. It's not easy to beat any team twice in a week, much less, you know, a top 10 Baylor team. Right. So, I think Iowa State's going to get pit, and like, it'll be close, but I think Iowa State will also have a pretty hefty fan advantage just because their fans travel literally everywhere. So, yeah. um, Xavier and Kennesaw State, um, I like Xavier just because I'm a big fan of Sean Miller. I, I think that uh, I think that Tech should definitely look into him at, in their head coaching search. Um, even if you don't hire him, I think you at least talk to him. Uh, but how are you feeling about this game right here? Shout out to the Owls making it to their first ever tournament, but this game isn't going to be close. I think it's going to be Xavier kind of dominating them. They just have so much talent. I, I think that Xavier's going to get them. All right. Now we're getting to the fun spot of this bracket. And for me, at least, um, with no – with a guy as a guy with the team with no skin in this game, um, Penn State, do I think they got robbed on this, on this seating? I don't know. I think, if anything, they might have been – a nine, maybe an eight. I, I, at the, at the highest an eight. Uh, but anyway, they're up against Texas A&M, Texas A&M, uh, you know, had that run in the sec tournament. They're really hot right now. I think they've won 10 out of their last 12 games. Um, I was watching the selection show and I think they had someone from Texas A&M, and they were questioning why Texas A&M wasn't a three seed. Um, I think that's a little ridiculous, as most A&M fans are. But um, how do you th- how do you feel about this game? Both of these teams are pretty hot right now. So um, I, I, this is this is one of those where you can't really take uh, you know oh this team's hot so they're going to advance. Like they're both pretty pretty white hot coming into this. I think the. Ultimately, Texas A&M, while they're not three-seed, underseeded, they are – I think they're pretty underseeded just because ultimately the SEC, they 
their their seeding was just so weird this year because like you know Tennessee finished under Texas A&M and Missouri yet Tennessee's up at a 4 seed, Kentucky's up at a 6 seed. Like it's it's really weird seeding wise. I do think Penn State got kind of screwed with this matchup. Um I do think the Aggies are going to get it just cuz while Penn State is hot, um they to me just faced in that run to get to the uh Big 10 championship like they faced some good teams but also like to me just there's nothing special about like Northwestern there's nothing special about this year's Michigan State team like i i think that you know Penn State they're good but they're just running into a really really hot Texas A&M team that i think is just better um do we need to talk about this or I mean, I just want to pitch in there that I have a personal vendetta against Colgate because a couple years ago in the uh, COVID tournament, they cost me a ton of money after they blew like a 20-point lead to Arkansas. So uh, this is a game that I actually have no problem picking Texas. But I do think Colgate, for some reason, I just feel like they're going to give them a game. But Well, hopefully uh, I'm just – I'm kind of jealous that if this does happen down here – that uh that you'll get to see it because you know for a long time a lot of a lot of us a lot of us true big 12ers um miss watching the aggies and the longhorns square off against each other because they i mean you think the texas fans hate tech fans and they do uh i i think that they hate a&m fans still even more to this day even though they haven't really they haven't really (laughs) consistently played in you know over 10 years I think you're actually going to see a lot of both A&M and Texas fans if that game happens. I think there could be a lot of people that flock to Des Moines just to watch that matchup because I think so too. I like agree. We they haven't seen that matchup in any like baseball they've seen it, but like as far as like basketball, football, like there hasn't been that bad blood. I think there will be a lot of fans that flock to see that and it I'm hoping they do cuz I would love to see a really high intense AM versus For Texas sure. game in person. All right. Are your Hawkeyes bowing out or are they going to shock the world? I guess it, or I, are you, are you saying that this depends on if Marcus Sasser's healthy? Yeah, that's the one. That's the big thing. If Sasser isn't at a hundred percent, I do think Iowa has a chance because if you're injured, especially like a groin injury, against Iowa with how I mean, much Iowa runs, they play, I think, the fifth fastest tempo in the nation. Like, Well, if you if want to you, be honest with it, I mean, having a groin injury, you use your groin in pretty much every single movement when you're playing yeah, basketball. And like, so you're going to feel it pretty much the entire time. Yeah, and that's what I think Iowa, with the pace they play, I think they could really give Houston some troubles because Houston's defense, it is elite. But playing in the American, like, with all due respect to the American Conference, it's nothing compared to these big conference schools. Like, there's good basketball teams in the American, but Memphis, they're they're a great team. But I also think that, you know, Houston is going to struggle in a lot of these games. And if Marcus Sasser is not healthy, they could slip up. I'm not I don't think they will slip up against Iowa, but... If they aren't careful, 
they could get nipped, whether it's Auburn or Iowa, they could get nipped here in the second round. But I will say, give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that Sasser will be close to healthy. So, but if he is like limited in any way. So that's really interesting. So we're going to put a star here uh, in Alabama, West Virginia, and we're going to put a star up here too. I like that. Um, I like it when the one seeds don't have like a for sure, like just cakewalk to the sweet 16. I like them to have to sweat in the second round. Um, Speaking of sweating, do you think that Drake can pull this off and get to the sweet 16 for a showdown with Houston? Do you think that they can, uh, do you think that with their long guards and, and stuff, like you mentioned, do you think that they can, uh, you know, cause some trouble for Indiana? I think that the the athletic guards, which shout out to Sadar Calhoun, actually transfer from tech. He's plays for Drake. He's actually carved out a pretty good role for them. Um, but another player who was grossly mismanaged in the Texas yeah. tech transfer portal. Shocker. I think that Indiana is going to have the edge just because of trace Jackson Davis. Uh, he's the best player in the game, but also look out for Tucker DeVries. That's going to be a hell of a matchup between those two players. Um, I'm going to give it to Indiana, but you have no idea how big of a part of me wants to just put Iowa Drake and Iowa state all in the sweet 16 in Kansas city just to have a little fun with it because I think that, you know, that'd be three a out of the four teams be huge, yeah. being from the state of Iowa. I think the entire state of Iowa would just flock down to Kansas city. Yeah, no doubt. But it, I do think Indiana will get them though. All right. Are we, are we team TJ and his youth mediums? Or are we going with Sean Miller here? I'm actually, I, I put the clones in this because I think Iowa State's defense, you know, it hasn't taken a step off. Um, they got kind of screwed having to play, having to be on Kansas' side in the uh, semis of the Big 12 tournament. But uh, I think defensively they match up really, really well. So I'm going to take Iowa State, but I'd like to hear what you got got to say on it too. Though. So for me, what it is is that – I really think that again, this is, this is kind of one of those toss up games for me as well. And I feel like, you know, kind of like I talked about earlier that anytime there's a toss up game for me, I kind of lean towards a big 12 just because they're so just like battle tested. Um, however, I do have a big problem with Iowa state losing grill and not a problem with it, but I have a problem picking them. Um, uh, after since they've lost grill and i and i just think that i just i just don't know it's hard for me to pick um against not just against the big 12 but against the big 12 in favor of a team again no shot against the a10 or anything uh but um i just don't think i mean can you tell me who the best team that xavier has played in the in their conference is like who's Actually, the, Xavier's in the Big East. Or the Big East, I mean, not the East. Yeah, but Sorry, even the, even the Big East. East, though, yeah. they were embarrassed by Marquette. Like, yeah, they so, did yeah, not so, look good in that championship game. Yeah, so, and, yeah, they, yeah, they got ran against fucking Shaka Smart and Marquette. So, like, I'll I'll ride with you on this. I like the, I like the pick. Um, and, you know, 
we'll move on just because I I'm very I'm very just I'm very that's, undecided. That's a tough game. I'm very undecided on that. This um, next game's tough too though. <laughs> yeah. Um I'll be honest with you. Um I would like to go ahead and put Iowa State in the Elite Eight. Um strictly because if I could pick both of these teams to lose, I would pick it. Um I hate Texas A&M. Um they're just everything about them. The I always loved. That's why I really loved Mike Leach a lot. Uh, it's because A and M fans hated him because he always used to make fun of the core at A and M because they're not real military people. And he's like, you know, the, and he would say it every time he went down to college days. He would say, you know, I don't know why they have those guys dressed up like that. He's like, they're not even the real military. Um, and and I don't hate any other school in the country as much as I hate Texas. They're they're just pompous assholes. All of them are. And um, when you want to talk about why Tech doesn't get the money uh, from the Puff Fund, these are the two teams that do get it. Um, and it's just very – and all the money comes from West Texas anyway from because of the oil. Um, it's, it's a whole thing. We're not going to get into it because I could go on a tangent for 30 to 45 minutes. Um when it comes down to basketball, I just think the Texas this Texas team is just a little too talented. Um, I think if Marcus Carr gets going in this tournament, I really do think Texas could go a long way. As much as that pains me to say, um, I think I think if Timmy, depending on the Timmy Allen that we get, I, I think this is kind of sort of what you mentioned with Sasser earlier. I think a lot of their um, a lot of the their tournament depth, like how far they go into the tournament, how deep they go into the tournament, uh, kind of almost relies on Timmy Allen because he's he's been playing really well this year before he got hurt. Um, Marcus Carr has played really well. I think they're both playing kind of like, kind of like we thought they would last year, right? And so um, I think that if Marcus Carr keeps going at the clip that he's kind of been going at before this kind of last uh, little slump, kind of like he was playing at for most of the season, I should say. I think Texas could take this one. Um, but again, it, it's all about who's hot, right? And, and, and A&M's hot. And if, they, and if they come out and beat Penn State, and if they beat Penn State handily in that first round, you know, anything can happen, especially in a rivalry game like this, even if it is in Des Moines. Um, so this, I mean, I think that these two, these two games uh, are super up in the air for me. And this is kind of where my bracket starts to fall apart. You know, like I, I'm at the point where I'm just like, oh, I don't, I could go either one on this. See, I think, I think Texas, they showed something to me in KC because they didn't have Timmy Allen basically the whole time in Kansas City. And Dylan DeSue, he looked phenomenal for them, if I'm being honest. Like, he looked amazing. And they still have Christian Bishop there also. They have a lot of depth for their bigs. And I think that's why I look at them a little differently than Houston because, to me, Houston, without Sasser, like, that's a really big loss because you just don't have – the. It's different replacing, like, an All-American guard and an mm-hmm. AP All-American. Like, he's been – not just one year, but, like, he's been an All-American 
level talent really since his sophomore year. And right. I think that Texas has a lot better depth. And I think to with or without Timmy Allen, I think Texas will get this game. Um, but also, I just I worry a little bit about the teams who won their conference championships, though, because sometimes I feel like they might be a little more gassed having played, you know, that extra game. Like, I think one thing that Tech always benefited from when they made their Elite Eight run and their um, Final Four run was the fact that they lost early in the conference tournament. So, but neither of these teams did, and that's why I'm going to give the edge to Texas. So, but I I don't want to, but putting bias aside, it's like. Yeah, that works for me. All right, let's move on to the East. Um, I don't assume that we're going to have a problem picking Purdue over whoever wins tonight in Texas Southern and Fairleigh Dickinson. I I will put it out there. I think Texas Southern, with the way they slow down the pace, Purdue against teams that do do that, I don't think it'll be necessarily a close game, but people might be a little shocked by that because Texas Southern just, like, we watched them play against Tech this year. Like, they kind of kept it close in the first yeah. half. Like, they, they aren't like a team that's just not talented like right it could be if they get out of tonight it could be some just something a little stupid that happens i like that um memphis and fau this has been a really bit widely talked about game um memphis coming off that run to the american championship tournament or tournament championship um fau I'm a little I'm a little far gone from knowing much about FAU. I did watch a little bit of that uh, Houston Memphis game. Obviously, um, Sasser didn't play in that one, um, and it didn't didn't Memphis beat them by like twenty points? Yeah, they, yeah, they basically held a double digit lead the entire yeah. game. So. Um, that's where, you know, and that's where we're at. And so, uh, I don't know in this one. I, I know that a lot of people are – it's kind of like a toss-up. It's been a pick Um When it comes to um, – I'm trying to find the the spread for this. Um, and I guess it's a Friday game. So let me see if I can find the spread for this. Um, it is Memphis minus one and a half. I where this one is that? in this one is this one is in uh, for what it's worth. It's in Columbus. See, I personally Memphis really I think they could go on a run because. Everyone knows March comes down essentially to, to a lot of the time who has the best guards. And Kendrick Davis arguably could be the best guard, not just like in the American or anything. Like he he was right there with Marcus Sasser all year. He's legitimately one of the best scoring guards in the entire nation. Like I think that he put up 20 plus effortlessly in the American Championship and he put up 20 plus when they played a healthy Houston. So I think that's, I give the edge to Memphis. Not like, I think they're going to win this game. And in my personal bracket, I actually have them going to the elite eight. So I could very easily see them making a huge run. Okay. Um, 
before we get to that, um, Duke and Oral Roberts, I know that you're a big um, Mills fan, Kendall. So I know that this might hurt you to hear me say, but I think I think Duke, with the, with how hot they are, they just won the ACC championship. Uh, I guess tur- ACC tournament championship, I should say. They've they've been pretty white hot lately. Um, I don't know if Oral Roberts really has a chance in this one. I've been very back and forth on this. I think at one point I had Oral Roberts winning, another I had Duke winning. See, the reason I think Oral has a shot is because they still have Max Asmus. And this team is probably more well-rounded than that team that went to the Elite Eight during the COVID season. They had Asmus and Kevin O'Banner, but this team, they got a seven foot five center that's shooting threes. He's protecting the rim. I'm pretty sure I saw in the championship game of their league championship, he had like seven or eight blocks. Like, and he's a transfer from Auburn or from Arkansas, so he knows kind of the high level basketball too. Um, I think this is a toss up for me because, like I said, I just really think that being a five seed this year is kind of a death sentence, but. I will give the slight edge to Duke, but I think that Oral is going to keep this game really close because Paul Mills, he just kind of knows how to win. And when you have a coach that knows how to win, um, personally, I don't like him for the tech job. I don't think his style will work in the Big 12, but I do love him as a coach, and I think that he can possibly create just another magic moment for Oral Roberts. All right, we'll start that one. Um, Tennessee and Louisiana. Um, I know a lot of people talk about this one because Tennessee doesn't have Ziegler anymore. Uh, He's out for the year. So are you confident in Tennessee in this one, or are you kind of leaning for the upset? I'll be honest. I'm going to take Tennessee because – if I'm being Louisiana wasn't the best team in the Sun Belt the entire season. They just happened to kind of get hot a little bit during the tournament, but they got to avoid Southern Miss who if it if it was Southern Miss in this position, I would be hammering them. But I just don't think Louisiana has what it takes offensively to beat Tennessee because Tennessee is like probably the best defensive team in the nation with or without Ziegler. So um I think that Tennessee gets past escapes in the first round. All right. Kentucky and Providence. Another largely talked about game. God, this East region is rough. A lot of chatter around Ed Cooley going to Georgetown after this year. Um, George or is Providence, you know, distracted by it. Um, You know, Kentucky not as good as they have been in recent years. Um, you know, they lost to Vanderbilt twice, um, who didn't even make the tournament. Um, I mean, how are you feeling about this? I think this is a very, a, it's a big, um, it's a big game. And I think that it, it, I mean, it's probably prime for the picking for an upset. I agree with that. Cause I have no idea how Kentucky is a damn six seed. If we're being honest, if Kentucky did not have the logo that they had, they would very easily be under Mizzou in the seating line. They'd be under Texas A&M. Like, realistically, this Kentucky team's like an 8-9 seed. 
Like, but they kind of have the benefit of having that Kentucky brand. But I think Providence is going to get them because Providence is an elite defensive team. They have been at all times under uh, Ed Cooley. And Providence is led by a Kentucky transfer. Like, that's all the yeah. motivation you need. So I'm going to, I'm that, happy that works taking for Providence. Me. That works for me. Um, our These email, next two, I, our I think, e- are. <laughs> our email brothers um, from the north, uh, little, the little apple. Um, is Mont. Okay. So for the people watching, are most likely going to be tech fans. Is this Montana State team better than last year? And do they have a potential shot at making this a game? No. <laughs> I think it's a pretty flat no. <laughs> I think these other these next two games or the three and the two seed in this region. Um, I I I think that both of them are pretty worry free of an upset. So that's just kind of where I stand on it. How do you th- how do you feel about our our middle game here then? Um, I how think... do you, how do how are you how are you are you big on on the Spartans or are you kind of leaning towards the Pac-12. I'm very down on Michigan State this year. They just when they played good teams, they sucked. Like this is a Michigan State team that, you know, they got blown out against a very awful Notre Dame squad. They they got embarrassed by I think it was Bama. They lost a North or no, they didn't lose a North Carolina. They never played ended up playing them in that preseason tournament. But they lost to basically every good team they played this year. They they just didn't show up. And that's very worrying to me, especially come March. And as much as I love Izzo as a coach, I just don't think that this Michigan State team has the talent to bail them out like there has been in the past. Interesting. I like that. Okay. Let's move over to um, the West. I assume that we're going to have Kansas here. This is one of my sneaky good. I don't even know if it's really oh, this sneaky could be good. This like might the be best game the, in the tournament. I was going to say this for me could be the best game in the tournament. These two um, teams are yeah. like ta- just going very purely off raw talent. I genuinely think that they might have the most like these two teams have top 5 talent like in the entire tournament. Because when you think about it, Arkansas has uh they have Anthony Black. I'm trying to think of like Nick Smith um, and a couple other guys from the state of Texas that were like top 20 recruits coming into the season. Uh, Jordan Walsh is one of them. And then Illinois, they have the veterans. Like they have Terrence Shannon Jr. They have Matt Meyer. Like those two players were two of the best players in the Big 12 last season. And like ultimately – as much as I would love to see a Terrence Shannon Jr. versus Kevin McCuller matchup, uh, I, I have, would pay for I have, it. Like I have to root for it. I have. I mean, we might we might pick Arkansas here. Yeah, um, for but, sure. But I I have to root for that matchup. Like um, as I hate be... Illinois, like downright. But I've been finding myself supporting them strictly because of Shannon this year. Yeah, I do think Arkansas wins this game. Unfortunately, like. My pick is Arkansas, but I would love to see Illinois win it just so I could watch McCuller and Shannon go at it because not only just because would it be a fun matchup, I guarantee those two are going to be talking at each other big time, though. Like, those oh, two are talkers. Whole, the whole right? time. 
you know, and they're going to be matching up against each other. Exactly. And I think that, um, I think that it's going to be very interesting to see, um, if they do get, you know, I am just kind of interested to see, um, how Illinois, I think Illinois could actually pose a bigger threat to Kansas than Arkansas would, if that makes sense. Just because I feel like, I feel like, I feel like a lot of, a lot of these Illinois people, I mean, like, like you mentioned, uh, Terrence Shannon, Matt Meyer, these people have played Kansas a ton throughout their career, just because they're from the big 12. And so I think that it's, I think that if you're a Kansas fan, you have to root for Arkansas. Uh, and I think that just like because if Illinois gets by Arkansas here, it'll. Be I think it game. could be a matchup living hell for Kansas. And see, that's how I, I think Arkansas is an awful matchup for Illinois, though, just because of the, the level of talent that Arkansas has is because Illinois – if we're being real, talent-wise, they can match up with just about anyone in the country, but Arkansas also can. And I think that Illinois, they have the veteran factor, but Arkansas probably has three or four NBA top 20 picks on their team right now. Yeah. And that's what could just bite Illinois. But if Arkansas isn't hitting shots, it could also be a blowout. So. All right. Um, so we'll pick Arkansas, but we'll root for Illinois. Uh, we'll, we'll agree to call that the yeah. way that is. Um, for me, I think this is probably the 12 5 that everyone's jumping on, um, and for good reason. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I've picked it in every single bracket that I've made. I'll be very I love upfront. VCU this I year, love I love VCU. I think they can make some noise. I think they could make some noise um past yeah. the past I think they could easily get into the sweet 16. Uh you know maybe Oh, they're even, that good. Yeah. And um St. <laughs> Mary's really doesn't play anyone other than Gonzaga. So um that's where I kind of where I kind of get this pick from. Uh, are you good with hopping on VCU yeah, as well? I've been on the VCU bandwagon. I don't, whoever follows me on Twitter the past couple of weeks, I've been saying that VCU, depending on matchups, is like sweet 16 good. I do think they kind of got screwed though with UConn coming into the next round. But, you know, I think that VCU, I'm going to give them all the credit in the world. Like, Watching them in that A10 tournament, like A, it, I tweeted this out too. The A10 being a one bid league is just god awful. Like that is that league could very easily have three or four teams in the tournament every single season, and they would probably have multiple teams in the round of 32. And VCU getting a 12 seed is like just baffling to me because, and that's where people had them all year was as a 12 seed. But when you watch them, it's like when you they played Virginia earlier this year, they played a lot of like high major teams very close. Like this isn't a 12 seed, and I think St. Mary's is kind of getting screwed by that, but they also deserve it because yeah, they haven't played anyone all year. Yeah. So assuming that you you want to go with UConn here. Yeah. As Rick Patino, I hate going against him in March, but I just think that UConn, I'll just kind of spoil it in my personal bracket. Like UConn's my winner right now, so 
I'm not going to bet against them here. All right. Arizona State and Nevada play tonight. Um, they're going against a TCU team. Obviously, TCU team is a little all over the place right now. Lampkins in the portal. Um, we don't know. I mean, to be quite honest, Mike Miles has been good when he's been good, but when he's been bad, he's been bad. So um, you don't really know kind of really what you're going to get from this TCU team. Um, I, I think that um, I think that they could probably get past Arizona State or Nevada. It, the fact that Nevada got in over Oklahoma State and Rutgers is really funny to me because, listen, like Nevada didn't even host a watch party for their team because they didn't think they were getting into the tournament because they lost in like the second round of their conference tournament when they were on the bubble. Like this Nevada team is like net. They're like the net 68 team. Um, I just, I don't know how they're in this first four game. And I, I don't think Arizona state's that good, but they should beat them. And I think TCU will beat whoever comes out of it. Not necessarily easily, but I, right. I think the TCU will get them. Right. Okay. Zags over Grand Canyon. Yeah, this is basically a normal game that Gonzaga plays in conference play. So yeah, so yeah, they they're win. used to this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have an upset in this one, and it's for one reason only, and it's Chibuzo Agbo. Um, I think Buzo. It, he deserves to have another or he deserves to have a run in uh in the tournament and and i and i just want to see it happen how do you feel about it i i agree i'm not that impressed with northwestern um you know they made some noise during the big 10 season but you know that two through nine spot in the big 10 was all over the place i think that all those teams are even so i think boise you know fun fact i mean Northwestern's only won one tournament game ever, and Boise's never won a tournament game. So it's kind of like history making for whoever wins this matchup. But I do think Boise will get their first tournament win. Um, because, you know, Buzo, he's been one of their top players this year, but they have depth. Like the, I've watched them, they have at least three, four guys that can give you 20. Like they are a sneaky good team. That Mountain West Conference is no joke. And I imagine we won't have a problem yeah. with UCF. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go back over here. Purdue and Memphis. Do, is this the time? Is our first, first one seed going down? And Purdue, I mean, let's not, uh, let's not kind of, you know, baby talk it or hear or kind of under, under talk this. Um, Purdue's been, was the number one team in the country for a majority of the year. So, I mean, is this where they go down or what are we thinking? I personally think that Purdue, they were really good to start the year. And I think it's because no one had an answer for Zach Eady. Because I mean, how do you have an answer for a seven foot four giant? But as their guards stopped hitting shots this year, Edie progressively got worse too because he couldn't rely on the kick out, the pump fake out, and he was just getting doubled down. 
And I've said it at least three, four times already. Guard play wins in March, no matter how good your centers are. You know, if you remember the year Tech went to the Elite Eight and faced Purdue, they had that big-ass Isaac Haas sitting down there, basically the same type of guy as Edie, but Carson Edwards wasn't hitting shots, and Tech was able to exploit that and get to the Elite Eight. Um, I think Memphis with Kendrick Davis, uh, he's going to be able to create He's going to have a field day on those Purdue guards because Foster Lawyer, those guys are just, they're just slow compared to him. Uh, He's an athletic freak. So I think I like Memphis to knock off a one seed. Let's go for it. I love it. Um, I'm leaning Duke in this uh, just because Tennessee doesn't have, is not at full strength, obviously. Um. Tennessee's just not good enough offensively. Yeah, they're not Z good. Or... They're not good enough off. Yeah, they're just not good enough. Um, anytime I think of Tennessee basketball, I think to that fucking horrendous game that we played at Madison Square Garden <sighs> a couple years ago, and it gives me nightmares. It just gives. Ugh, it's just, it was just a yeah offensive shit show. Um, but anyway, um, we'll go with Duke there. Um, this is an interesting matchup. And like you said, Providence is extremely stout on the defensive end. Um, how, do we feel about, how do we feel about uh, matching up against, you know, I mean, being brutally honest, you know, Kansas State is way better than Kentucky. So, yeah, I think having Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson is just going to be too much for Providence. Um, Jerome Tang is like, He's a hell of a coach. And to me, as good as Cooley is, um, in-game coaching really matters, and Tang is one of the best at that. So I think that Kansas State wins that. Um, I I do think Providence will give them a game just because of their defense, but I think Kansas State will end up pulling that out. And I don't – again, I don't think we need to really – yeah, I got Marquette. Uh, yeah, I, I, Shaka has, you know, he, it's been mentioned, like, he has had some postseason issues, woes, let's just put it there. But, you know, his Marquette team looks like the Havoc VCU team, and people should be damn scared of that to me. Mm-hmm. Like, they look damn good. Um, I think for him, it's just a matter of the mid-majors and not really having the kind of really pressure to you know you know at texas i think he always kind of felt like he was under some pressure to make a deep run and i just feel like at the mid-major even though i just i don't mean it in a disrespectful way that it suits his coaching style more but i think he he himself is more comfortable at the the mid-major level i think he just needs players that'll buy into the way he coaches and it's like it's very similar to any type of coach that's super hard on their guys, like to to actually want to get down and play defense. And yeah. like it's not necessarily a knock on the Texas players, but like in Austin, when you're expected to bring in the five stars, those types of guys that are just looking to have a pit stop before going to the NBA, um, right? That just that just they aren't going to buy into that style. But I think the Marquette players not only have bought in but they actually believe that they can win a national championship. And I think that 
that's why we're seeing them play the way they are right now. All right, so let's talk about um, – well, let's – yeah. So Kansas and Arkansas, um, again, if, I think that if this is Arkansas, I think Kansas – yeah, I think Kansas wins if it is Arkansas. Yeah. It just um, it all depends I, on the matchup. Yeah, and and if and if Illinois does get out of that first round, um I think we could really be having a similar conversation right here that we had over here. Um so especially with no one really knows what to expect from Bill Self in this tournament. Um I'll be honest, people are saying, "Oh, he's going to be back to coaching." He's not. You don't get no. two. You don't get two stints put in your heart after a heart attack and then go back out and coach in, in the next week. That's not how that goes. Yeah, I agree. With uh, that. <laughs> so um, that Kansas team is good, obviously, but like last year. <laughs> but no, it, they're not good like last year. And I see, I Kendall, I, I think we're spot on on this. If Illinois gets past Arkansas in the first round. I think that they'll have some serious issues uh, with Illinois in in that round of 32 game. Um, this one's going to be tough for you because you're riding this train on for both teams here. Um, yeah, I, I know. I know that you want. I know that you want UConn, but let's do this. Give me a reason that VCU wins, and then give me a reason that UConn wins. So VCU, just watching them. They are so good with their ball pressure that they just make, like, the name Havoc. Like, they still run that Havoc defense, and it is exactly what the name is. Like, they create Havoc throughout the entire game. And, you know, they were close with Dayton in the A-10 championship up until the last four minutes, and then they just exploded. Like, they made that a double-digit game if you change the channel for a second. But the reason I have UConn going as far as I do is because I hate to bring up necessarily statistics because eye test most of the time is more important. But the national champion for the last nine years has been top 20 in the Ken Palm in both offensive and defensive efficiency. That applies to, I believe, three teams this year. One of those is UConn. UConn is the number... Who are the other two? Houston and Bama are the other two. So one seed, obviously. And UConn is the number four team ranked in the Kempom. And what that tells me is they have stumbled a couple times, but statistically proven they are like a top team. And they that shows me that they're also severely underseeded. Um, I mean, they only have eight losses this year, and in the, playing in the Big East, they they fumbled a couple games against lower teams. But coming into the tournament, you know, they're gonna know what they're going up against, and I think Coach Hurley is gonna be able to just help them keep pushing, and that's why I think they can get past VCU. But don't get me wrong. VCU could very easily win this game. So we'll put a star by this one too. I had VCU winning. Um, so let's flip a coin. And 
We'll do it new school fashion here. Hey Siri, flip a coin. It's tails. So uh, I guess we probably should have done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so okay. So which one do you want to be heads? Which one do you want to do tails? Just heads. Let's Yukon, go. Tail, just do it with the seeds. Heads four seed. Tails twelve seed. Yeah, that works. Hey Siri, flip a coin. It's heads this time. So right. we'll go. Uh, we'll go with UConn then. Okay. TCU and Gonzaga. Um, I, I find it interesting that TCU is matched up continuously against these like West Coast like semi like powerhouse teams every year in the tournament. I think it's it's getting pretty funny for me. Um, I will say um, I have hated TCU this year in all sports, and I will continue to do so. I have tickets in Lubbock in a couple of weeks to watch the TCU baseball series, and I am driving from Dallas to. Lubbock for that series just to root against TCU, but mostly for tech. Um, TCU got screwed last year in that game against Arizona. Um, one of the more egregious uh, times that I've seen uh, just, I really just didn't agree with any part of that game. And especially once it got to overtime, it just was really, favorably called for Arizona. It's unfortunate, but that's where we are. Um, this year, a little bit different. Gonzaga's not as good. Uh, TCU, like I mentioned, is going through. We don't know what uh, what TCU team we're going to get. Um, are you comfortable with Gonzaga here? I actually have TCU winning this game. Interesting. Because I think I keep circling around like the guard play. And that really holds true in this game because I have all the respect in the world for a guy like Drew Timmy. But to me, Timmy has not gotten better since his sophomore year. And that Drew Timmy, like, I just don't think he has what it takes to lead a team by himself. And like you said, there's not as much talent around him this year as there has been in years past. So I think TCU beats Gonzaga here because of Mike Miles. Because, let's be real, we've seen Mike Miles at his best. Uh, He is damn hard to stop. And I also think this TCU team is going to be playing with an edge coming into March after what happened last year. You know, I feel like part of them doesn't want to put it in the ref's hands to decide who wins what game. So I think that they're going to come out you know, with a goal in mind, and I think they're going to get Gonzaga in this game. All right. Uh, UCLA, even though yeah, they're kind of struggling, they're kind of struggling with injuries. I think uh, they're going to have Bona back by the time the tournament starts, hopefully. Because I'm going to be honest, UCLA healthy, they probably would have been my pick to win the championship but they're just struggling with injuries, but I still think they have enough to at least get to the sweet 16. Okay. All right. So we've gotten the sweet 16 and everything. We're going to go back up and we'll pick uh, all the way up to the final four. Now Um, Alabama and Virginia. All right. This is where I have Alabama bowing out. Okay. Uh, I like, I I like that pick. I think Virginia, just the way they slow it down, Bama wants to play fast, but Virginia, they want to slow it down. They want to 
They just want to cause issues. And I think a young Alabama team that relies heavily on a true freshman player, um, I think that's going to come back to bite them. But I also think that Bama's – it's hard to ignore the noise around their program. And no matter how far they get, every single media person at every press conference is still going to be asking questions about everything that's happened with them this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that type of noise surrounding your program during when you're trying to compete for a national championship, I just think that's too much baggage. And I think it's going to catch up with them. Uh, and I think it's going to be against Virginia, against a coach like Tony Bennett. Yeah. Okay, I just realized that we were going to stop there and go back and pick our uh, our do our uh, picks for this weekend. Um, so let's do that. Spoiler: We have Virginia beating Alabama right. <laughs> in, in the Sweet Sixteen. But um, let's kind of go through here. Um, I have the uh, well. You know what? We might as well just go tonight, right? Um, so we have um, Fairleigh Dickinson and Texas Southern and Nevada and Arizona State. I think most eyes are probably going to be on this one since it's actually for an 11 seed. Um, I'm with you. I, I think Nevada, kind of a joke that they got in. Yeah. Um, and so I think that this line here at two is a little um, generous. <laughs> yeah, generous in favor of it's a little generous for Nevada. That is. So I think, that yeah, anything, I think ASU will get that. I think, I think Arizona state will cover um, you. You, how do you feel about the uh, over here? Uh, Steve Alford teams, they do like to kind of run, but I think an over in a first four game is just risky because yeah, I feel like I a agree. lot of teams shoot badly. So I would just kind of stay away from it. Cause while it could go over, um, you never know what the shots are going to be looking like. And I actually also just want to add, I like Texas Southern tonight too. They have a much worse record, but they were hurt in the middle of their season. Um, they slipped into their conference tournament and then won the whole damn thing. Um, they're hard. They and I think, I think that they cover, I think, is it what three and a half? I think that they will cover the three and a half and three, yeah, uh, just three. I think that they'll, Go on to face who was that? Was it Purdue? Purdue. I think yeah. they'll go on to face Purdue, and who knows what could happen. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's jump into the big stuff starting tomorrow. That uh, Fairly Dickinson Texas Southern game starts in about thirty minutes. Um, so I actually I wanted to throw something in here. Go ahead. I actually have just a straight up money line bet for my first. Uh, my first round, I kind of had like a parlay put together, just a three-legger. I like VCU to pull out an upset. That's one that I'm very, very hell-bent on. Um, I think that they match up super well, and I think they just outright win it. Um, that's one of them. I also think that another 12-5 game, uh, I think Drake against Miami – betting the spread on that just to give yourself a little wiggle room. But I think the spread on that, I think last time I looked, it was only at two and a half, but it's worth taking the points just in case. And I think Boise over Northwestern on the money line is the last one that I like. 
Okay, so let me pull the. I guess all those are Friday games, actually, which is interesting. Uh, so you like VCU straight up. VCU uh, straight, Drake straight up. Drake straight up as well against Miami here. Uh, that's in New York. Uh, where's that other game? Where's the VCU game? Oh, it's in New York too. Um, okay, and then you like. Um, Boise over Northwestern is Boise o- Boise over Northwestern. Uh, I think we both liked that one. Um, I think we both liked that one, and uh, I think that that's definitely going to be a um, yeah, right here. Uh, just straight up. So uh, that'd be uh, interesting. That parlay in, comes to plus. Sacramento. That comes to plus one thousand eleven odds. So, I, I like that. I, like, there's a nice little twenty five on that. We'll net you two fifty. Like, that's kind of like my one that I think could come together. Those are my three. I'd say best bets for that day. I'm interested in um, in the Charleston Southern game. Uh, and or I'm sorry, College of Charleston and San Diego State. Um, and I want to talk you talk with the with you through this. And I'm looking at I'm keen on the over under here. And I and I want to take the under. And I know Charleston wants to run. And I know San Diego. Do you think that San Diego State has enough athletes to slow them down? Do you think that they are athletic enough to slow them down enough to keep this under 141 points? I believe – so Charleston, I want to say last year they made the tournament, and I can't remember. I think they might have played Tennessee, if my memory serves me correct. And Tennessee is a pretty much – the exact same type of team as San Diego State, and Tennessee slowed them down. And I, I, I'm looking at that over underline, and I think, I think it's realistic for this game to be in the 60s. And typically, I mean, that's basically all you need is that game in the 60s. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I think that's a pretty good bet. You know, I could see the game finishing no matter who wins. Like, yeah. You know, so I think that that under what was it 141 yeah 141 and a half yeah i think that's a pretty good bet is that under yeah Um, i would also hammer the iowa auburn over if i'm being honest iowa whenever they face defensive teams no matter who wants to slow them down it never happens like iowa does not slow down for anyone they will play their pace whether you like it or not so all right um I also wanted to uh, just kind of go through and um, I wanted to, I will, I'll, I'll ride with you on that parlay, but I'm also uh, just, I'm going to go with VCU uh, plus four and a half also. Oh, that's almost free money. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm going to go with that. Um, I'm, considering uh i'm considering this uh this providence game too uh i'm considering possibly go i mean 
taking Providence outright in this one just as its own thing as well. Uh, one that I was kind of just curious on is what that Texas Southern Purdue uh, spread is going to come out to. Because yeah, there's always be that one like 16 versus one game where the spread is always like close to 30, but it always ends up being like a 19, 20 point game. And if there's if it's going to be one, I think it's going to be that Purdue Texas Southern game. Um, like it's not going to be necessarily a close game, but I could see it being like a 20 point game where the spreads at like, you know, 27, 28 points. So that might also be worth a look. Are there any other games that are kind of, I'll go back to here real quick. Are there any other games that you're seeing kind of that, that jump out to you? Oh, not necessarily in a betting aspect, but I just think that the matchups of like oral and, uh, Duke like that's a matchup that's really fun to me I think that you know seeing a guy like Max Asmus go up against a school like Duke is going to be just really fun um, and it's John Shire's first NCAA tournament we saw what Hubert Davis did last year in his first NCAA tournament uh, took North Carolina to the national championship game um, so it'll be fun to see if Duke can kind of I guess match that Uh and I am very – it's biased, but I am very excited for Iowa-Auburn. A lot of people don't know this, but Bruce Pearl was once an assistant for um, Iowa under Steve Alford. So it's, uh, it's a guy that a lot of Iowa fans wanted to bring in as head coach before he coached at Tennessee. So there is some history there, and I think it'll be really fun. And I think that – Another game that I did want to say earlier to possibly look at, I think Marquette only getting 10 and a half against, I think, Vermont in the first round. Yeah. I think I think that could be a pretty easy cover. Like, that might be one that's there, – there's not a lot of sweating going on there. I think that that's a – that game is also worth a look. Interesting. I like that. Um, I like that idea as well. I, I really like – I think Marquette looks really good right now. Um, like you mentioned, they they really they really were impressive in that Big East tournament, especially in the championship game. Um, so I like that. I like all that. Um, we will be back, I guess, on uh, – what do you want to call it? Wednesday next week? What time do, are they? Are they Thursday, Friday games next week too? Yep, Thursday, Friday next week. So yeah, we're gonna so, we can try to get an episode out Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah we can go Wednesday, and um, by the time this hits, I mean we're right at an hour and a half, so that's perfect. Um, yep, we'll figure it out, and um, we will be back. Um, kind of, we'll have. I'll save these picks just to kind of see where we're at, and. We, you know, we could be right on or we could be way off. Uh, it could be any either way at this point. Um, but for Kendall, uh, I'm Jack. We want to say thanks for uh, sticking with us. We're going to be back uh, with some more frequent episodes coming forward. Uh, now that we're under the new network, um, we'll be out, uh, you know, for the March Madness tournament. Probably going to take a break over the summer. Obviously, there's not a whole lot of sports going on. Probably just the end of college baseball. Um, not really much to bet on in that sense. Um, 
but other than that, you know, uh, college football is, you know, it's not, it's a little less than six months away now. So, um, tech kicks off. I don't know. Who does Iowa, who does Iowa play first game? I think they got, I want to say Utah state first this year. It's not bad. Tech, Matt Wells. Oh yeah. Uh, tech, (laughs) uh, tech kicks off the year at Wyoming, uh, and so we'll see how that goes. Then they come home to play Oregon. So that'll be fun. Um, <laughs> uh, that'll be a fun game. Uh, get to go against um, what's his name out there that uh, Bo Nix. So uh, <laughs> that'll be fun. Um, but again, we want to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week to update the brackets and get more picks. So we'll talk to you then. See you guys. <laughs>